Hello and a very warm welcome to Captivate Insider. This is a special bonus episode that's going out this week alongside episode two. If you've not listened to that yet, go and check it out. I have a very good interview with one of our developers, Pierre, talking about Amy, our dynamic content engine. For this episode, though, I wanted to grab our co-founder and CEO, Mark Asquith, to run through his thoughts around the acquisition of Captivate um, of Global that we announced at the end of last year, how that impacts Captivate and our roadmap and, you know, some of the just wrapping everything in a bit of context um, so uh, we can get a good insight into uh, into why that deal was made. And uh, more importantly, some of the some of the real good benefits and, and the great stuff that's come out of that as we move Captivate into this year and beyond. So before I crack on with that interview with Mark, um, my name is Gary. I'm your host. Uh, I'm the head of design here at Captivate. And each week I dive into one of our features or something to do with the team or the culture to give you guys a bit of an insight and a peek behind the curtain as to what's going on here at Captivate. So remember to follow this podcast in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss uh, an episode when they land every single Wednesday. And without further ado, here is my chat with Mark around the global acquisition. Enjoy. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Captivate Insider. We've got a bit of a cheeky one to throw in this week alongside our normal run of episodes. I've been talking about Amy thus far with our good, uh, a good friend and developer, Pierre, plus our founders, Mark and Kieran, the week before. So it's been great to get some insight into arguably one of our biggest features that we've launched in recent times. But I wanted to intersperse that with a wee chat with our founder once again, Mark Asquith, to talk about something that happened to Captivate towards the end of last year that has um, arguably one of the biggest uh, impacts uh, on the company and our uh, our features and our culture and everything moving forward. So it's a really interesting time for Captivate. And um, we've kind of had our foot on the gas nonstop, as we always do, uh, pushing out features, working and designing on st- uh, stuff. And that culminated at the end of 2021 uh, with a big old uh, a big old announcement. So uh, I think it was just before Christmas uh, we announced that uh, Captivate was going to be moving into the global family. We were acquired by uh, by Global, which is really exciting. So I wanted to get you on, dude, to pick your brains on this because I thought it would be timely as the uh, that deal has literally just been, you know, a few weeks now. Now we're into January. So, uh, first of all, dude, how are you as always? I'm all right. Thank you, mate. Yeah, and loving this show as well. We're getting some great feedback on this. It's nice to go behind the curtain a little bit, but do so from the perspective of, uh, of, of being podcasters. You know, I think that's really important. I think it's important that... Uh, that we that we do we keep that focus on the people that we're trying to help. So yeah, really loving this dude. Just nice work on it and great work with Pierre. And you know, I think he, it was a great chat with him. So I, I'm good and enjoying this. So good. Thank you for good. doing it. Yeah. Good, good, good. And uh, yeah, so you make a good point um, as podcasters. I mean, that's one of the big advantages that I think we've had as uh, as a, a leadership team and as a company in general with with working at captivate is uh, it's always a bit cliched when you hear that thing like it's you know it's uh, it's something that's made for podcasters by podcasters and all that stuff but it genuinely is you know we are all of the features and everything that we do is all centered around well actually what would how would we use this thing as a podcaster mm. it's never ever you know how would we do this thing to make it um, you know a money spinner uh, in that regard, um, everything is like features to help podcasters grow and stuff like that. So, uh, 
uh yeah i love that point dude it's um it's very much not a cliched thing we uh, we do everything as podcasters which is really cool so but uh, moving back to the global thing then first question for you dude um rewinding time a little bit what was your first memory of talking to either kieran or anybody else about potential acquisitions at some point for captivate so what was the motivation for for moving captivate in that direction when the uh, the opportunity presented itself yeah it's, it's a funny situation because you know back to that point about being podcasters first we started captivate because we'd been podcasting for years you know we didn't start a podcast to talk about the company and, and, and sort of became podcasters because we saw the industry as somewhere we could get into because it was a very nascent industry and there might be an opportunity to to become part of it. We were we were podcasting for a heck of a long time, as you know. You, you know, you and I, you know, pretty much started this journey back in 2013 when we started Two Shots to the Head. You know, it was you that twisted my arm into podcasting, and it was it's it's when you when you start to think about things like that you you realize that the user tra- user centricity is really really important and and we you know we we don't follow the usual saas playbooks we don't it's why we move so quick you know we don't follow the yeah we'll you know we'll do a sprint that's 2 months long and we don't you know generally abide by those rules instead what we do as podcasters we will we will just say, Do you know, what? wouldn't it be great if this, if this, this thing that I want exists, and we build it. And sure, we plan and we've got processes in place, but actually, it's all driven from being podcasters. And the reason that I say that is because to bring it back to the question, the first, the first notion of being part of something else was really born from some general inquiries that we had a few years ago. Now, just to kind of, you know, I don't mind going into this because I think it's fascinating because when when we started Captivate, it, it grew really, 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 really quickly. You know, we we saw a, a great pricing model that the, the guys at Transistor, Justin and John, had put out there and we thought that's a really good model. And we we actually, we, we, we experimented with four or five different models. We, we actually had so many pricing models set up and actually had three of them coded and we didn't know which one we were going to go with. We saw the transistor model, it was working really well, which they, into, I think they got that from, you know, things like email marketing and so on from from what I can tell. And and, and the same with like the Simplecast guys, they do a similar sort of thing. And so when we launched, Captivate became a very well thought of podcast platform very quickly because we'd been in podcasting. And I know this is a really long answer, but it's, it's a, it's, I think it's an important contextualization. Um, because we'd been in podcasting for so long, I've, I've been speaking at Podcast Movement now since 2015, which was the second ever podcast movement. You know, I, I, there, there, there are very few people in the industry that I don't know at whatever level, you know, whether it's grassroots level or whether that is, you know, um, the highest level of production or the highest level of, of technology or whatever. And that's that's because I just I enjoy talking to people about podcasting and I enjoy making friends in podcasting and, and and it's a very genuine approach that we've taken. So when we launched, we had a great pricing model that the transistor guys have pioneered, and we we brought to that mix something else, which was the legacy of podcast websites and the personality and the friendships and the relationships that we had in the space. Now, 
What that did was it allowed us to be a little bit ballsy, a little bit gutsy, which meant that we could, you know, our strategy was for the first year, just one year alone, every week we're going to release something so that we are a perpetual noise throughout that 365-day period. We are there constantly, 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 and that's why it's accelerated so quick. But what that did was because we were always in pod news and we were always tweeting and we were someone somewhere was always talking about what Captivate was doing. Whether it was the big releases like Dashboard 2, the later features like Amy, some of the private podcasting stuff, or whether it was the little things like, oh, they've added a default publish time. Isn't that useful? Someone was always talking about it. So what that meant was that people started to approach us about acquisition. And what happens is that as a founder, you hear that word and you think one of two things, great or go away. You know, <laughs> you either you either think I'm the type of person that's going to get acquired or I'm the type of person that is so against it. And I sort of, I, you know, I almost overvalue myself because I believe in us so much that you introduce so much risk to your business. So when we started to get that, I mean, we got those conversations um, I think that we had our first acquisition offer, uh, or certainly a very serious, can we, you know, will you sign an NDA here as our top level offer? Probably like six months into Captivate. Crikey. Yeah, yeah and we were, and it, it, we weren't interested because we love, we love what we're doing. We love building the thing. We love doing what we're doing. And that kept going on and on and on. And we had some really interesting people come through the door. I'm talking some fascinating people coming through the door. That I, I I can't I'm you know I'm legally not allowed to talk about but they are, they were fascinating people, some great alignments, some great opportunities, but none of them quite fit. But what it did was that first conversation that Kieran and I had was well actually what would a what would need to happen for us to say yes to an acquisition. And I think the first thing to to kind of put out there in that conversation that we had was that well look. As founders, we have a lot of risk tied up in Captivate and a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, I, Kieran and I, neither of us slept very well for the last three years. You know, I, I, I was up, like, even st- even after the acquisition, I was up the other day at 4 a.m. writing notes down because I, was, I had ideas for Captivate and it, and it never stops. And that's really hard. You know, like my health's been neglected, my, some of my other things that I enjoy doing has been neglected, you know, um, my nutrition has been neglected. Um, and, and it's, that takes its toll. So that was the first thing. Like if we, if we were going to be acquired, it would have to very suitably de-risk captivate for us, but it would have to mean that we stayed involved. So that was like the, the, the number one first prime objective was to de-risk but keep involvement. And they, they aren't disjointed. They're not two things. It's not what it's got. To, you've got to de-risk captivate and you've got to, you know, it's up to you whether you stay involved or not. No, no, no. For us, that's what that was one point that had to be there. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was if we were going to be involved, we were in. You know, we weren't advisors. We weren't part-time. We were in. And we could run the business. We could have autonomy. And we could do that job because otherwise Captivate is not, you know, it's not Captivate as, as people know it. And then the third thing was there are two sets of people that we must look after. 
if we do that, and and again, these are our, our these are our three rules for for considering acquisition. And the third one was there are two sets of people that we must look after: the team and the users. If we can guarantee that those sets of people will be looked after in a way that we want to look after them, and the other two objectives are ticked, then we'll entertain an acquisition. And none of the other acquisition offers hit those three. They just didn't. You know, they either hit one or two, but then not 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 any other one of them hit that uh, trifecta. Um, so, so that was the first conversation we had, and I, I know I've had, a, I know I've, had, I've really answered that in a real in-depth way. But that, that I think it's important to add that context of why we had that conversation, and you know, we we've had so many opportunities, you know, from private equity, from from other people, um, and none of them were right. And I think that was that was the first conversation. Was it has to be right for Captivate, for us, the team, and the users. And we had that conversation early because as, as business owners, you if you're always having to fight, if you're always having to be there and look in the rearview mirror at what other people are doing, and we've never really done that. Like I genuinely have not logged into another hosting platform since about, I don't know, early 2019, Maybe even I used to host on Podbean. That was the last one that I that I hosted on, and that was 2018, I think. I was using MVP of Captivate and podcast websites backend hosting, um, and that that's I've I've not logged into them since then. So I think you know you you're always you're always conscious of what other people are doing, even though you don't necessarily you know my view is you shouldn't really take too much notice, um, and and all ships rise if you do a good job. Um, so you, you, I always find that as a founder, even if you're not looking in the rearview mirror, things get a little stressful, and you, you always got to try. You're always worried, you know, is that oh, there's news about Brussprout or Transistor or Podbean or Spreaker or one of these other great companies? Oh crap! And even though Captivate are far away from them, you know, they're, they're, I'm not not saying they're ahead or behind, you know, they're, they're adjacent, but they're so far away in them in their missions. Um, and there's enough work for everyone, and there's everyone just does a good job. But you still, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, crap, what will people think? So that that is a huge burden, you know? So that's when we started to have the conversations was when, when it became apparent that it was there was an opportunity, there were our objectives, and that that perpetual, that perpetual pressure became, I wouldn't say untenable, but it became something that affected life, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, a real in-depth answer to that too. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I totally get what you're saying. It's such a common thing. You hear that with founders and business owners all the time. It's like, uh, or even just simple freelancers, you know, who quit the job and go and go it on their own. It's uh, It becomes your life 24-7, 365. So, uh, and that's not a bad thing. Sorry to, that. sorry to interject. It's not a bad thing that it's your life. Like I will, This is this is the... This is our life. I love doing this, you know, and it's, but the difference is it's when it affects the people around you and not in, not necessarily in a negative way, but when it comes all consuming because you, there are only two things that you can do as a founder. You can be constantly on or you can find balance. But if you find balance, you have to hire, you have to accept that your customers, if you don't hire, are not going to get the service that that they might expect or 
that you can't develop as many features as you'd like in as quickly, uh, as, as rapid a time frame as you like. That's the option with balance. Whereas the option with being full on is that the lifestyle, the balance, you, you lose all of the benefits of setting up a business for yourself, you tend to lose because it becomes this all-consuming, all all-encompassing 24-7 thing. And there's only so long that you can, there is only so long that you can do that before you that before you do get a little bit burnt out. So it's it's uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and we, I think our approach for Captivate was to to almost work ourselves to burnout for a couple of years, so that Captivate became the thing that it is now, and so that it is very. It is very well thought of in such a short space of time. It has, it has a. I mean, we've not spent a penny on marketing, you know. We, it's, but it's achieved fourteen, fifteen thousand shows in 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 a couple of years without any marketing whatsoever because of the noise that we've made through our own personal brands, which is required that twenty four seven being on. So it's a, it's a very odd situation, man. And and it's it's, um, I would never subscribe to the idea that you always aim for an acquisition because you simply don't. But I think it, um, when the cap fits, it's worth considering all your options, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, where I was going with that was it, it becomes becomes your life, obviously, 24-7 and so on. But I think there are a, a few different types of founders and, and business owners that, fortunately for us, the rest of the Captivate team, you and Kieran have never complained about that, which is the mm. good thing. You know, you kind of made your made your bed I suppose uh, very early on and decided to work like that and do that but then you've never like I, I speak for the rest of the team as well we've never had a situation where we're like oh god he's he's moaning again that he's tired or mm. he's complaining at something you know it's never we've never had that so uh, yeah so and I think that's that's um, that that's really shown in all of our user feedback and all of our uh, review scores and all of that stuff very very rarely hardly ever I've ever seen um, anybody complaining about either our commitment or our customer service or our attitude, you know, any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I can't say that I would have <laughs> lasted as long. So, um, uh, a huge amount of respect to you and Kieran for, 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 for keeping it up as long as you have. So, uh, the following question then is you mentioned in the last one that uh, even after a few months, six months, I think it was, you were approached quite early about acquisition and so on and having those conversations did you envisage um it happening even this uh, soon into captivate's life because in the world of um startups these days and so on we're still considered a fairly young company i suppose we've been live slash public for what i don't know two years two and a half years mm -hmm. something like that so did you imagine that two and a half years in we'd be you know you'd be talking on a podcast about an acquisition well, we never actually planned for acquisition. It was never our goal. You know, we, we, we're in the UK. We, Kieran and I are directors of a few other things that we're not really active in because um, Captivate's our day-to-day 24-7. But being in that position gives us other options. You know, if you think about, like, being a founder and all the risk of being tied up in a, in a business, um, you know, your house is tied up in it, everything's tied up in it, your family's livelihoods and lifestyles and your kids' schooling and all of that stuff is all tied up in this business that you have to keep the foot down on. Um, we were very fortunate that being in the UK and having a great set of accountancy teams that we've worked with for, for you know, I've worked with them for, for 15 years, you know, that we had options 
for de-risking. You know, we could have crystallized the business, which means that you sort of essentially crystallize your assets, um, p- draw down the, the, the kind of de-risk in that way without sh- selling your shares to a third party. And, and it's called a crystallization. Um, <clears throat> so we, we knew that we had options for de-risking, you know, to be able to say, well, look, I know that I can put my foot down 100% and take more risk with the business because no one's going to come and repossess the house if it fails. You know, that we always had those options. So we actually never planned on being acquired. Um, and it's, it's sort of funny because I wouldn't have ever imagined it, but we, so early on, it's sort of funny this, because I've, I've, it's got back to me through a few back channels that people are like, you know, they've been talking about this. Um, back in, I think probably June or July last year, we got approached by, like we had a slew of, actually it was 2020, we had a slew of, 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 of people wanting to get involved. So we just were like, well, we've got no idea how to value this thing because MRR was growing at a crazy rate. Um, Signups were growing at a crazy rate. You know, I, I know what the churn is in the industry from some people that that that, uh, that I'm close with and, 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 you know, I know what activation rates are. Our activation rates are insane. Like our activation rates are beyond 90%. Our churn rate is sub 1.5, 1.4, you know, the worst, even on the crazy months, you're looking at sort of two, just just above 2% because it's, you know, you might get a crazy month like a January where you get a pile of people sign up and then, you know, February people think, actually, didn't want to do that New Year's resolution after all. <laughs> so I know that our data is good data. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason that I'm saying that is that we had no, <clears throat> we had honestly had no idea how to value this thing because you could do the old a bit or a bit do. Um, I always struggle to say that, which is you know your your earnings after everything, amortization, tax, and and and, and owings and, and and cost of sales. You know basically, your, you know what is your net profitability? Do a multiplier on it, or you consider getting bought by getting bought by someone that values the tech. You know, it, so it's for us. It was like, well, wait a sec. We're we're, we're getting these offers in. And people, we don't know what we should even be thinking about because we always had crystallization as a worst case. You know, we knew we could just buy ourselves out of our company and keep running it and we'd still be shareholders and blah, blah. So crystallization was a great option. So we we then started, we sort of said, look, we've got to dip the toe in the water. It's sort of, uh, you know, well, you know, it's like a builder comes around to your house and they're, What's your budget for this? It's like, a, or an old web, you remember the old web design company days, dude, you know, where you'd be like, well, hello, Mr. Client and Mrs. Client, what's your budget? And the client's like, not telling you that because it's going to be like six pound under the budget, isn't it? You know, it's that sort of thing. So we had no idea. We were getting things. We People were, were saying, you know, what's your value? Well, I don't know. Like, it depends what you want to do with it. Do you want to buy the book? Uh, so are you buying the sales and the MRR, the ARR? Do you want the team and the scalability? Are you buying the future? Are you buying the tech to integrate into your stack, um, which is more value-based pricing? You know, how much can we earn you as a tech platform over the, the next 15 years? Um, so we had no idea. It's, it's an arbitrary thing. We could just suck a price tag on it and, 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 and it, would have been, it would have been largely arbitrary. So we stuck ourselves on MicroAcquire, uh, which is a small startup marketplace where you can kick the tires on it. And and I got there were a few DMs that I got from some people uh, from you know from from other places in the industry, some very well thought of people, uh, some very very good friends in the industry, and they were saying things such as you know why have you put it on for this price? 
And the truth is, we actually never intended on selling it via that platform. Like There was no way on earth that we were selling it. Um, but what it did was, <clears throat> it made us aware of what type of people were trying to buy podcast software. And dude, that put us off acquisition. Like, that put us off acquisition. <laughs> totally. It was people, and it was not anything to, like, we got one, a, a very good friend who I won't name, uh, but who is in podcasting went, dude, if, if you sell that, you know, for that price, then you're crazy. Uh, you know, bear in mind, Captivate is is a, is a multi-million dollar turnover. Um, so it was, it was sort of like, yeah, we, we know that. Like, we're not doing it for that price tag. It's just we had to put a price in and we, we sort of wanted people to come and kick the tires and to tell us, you know, here's all the stuff that we expect from you. And like, so we it sort of, it, it, we, we were doing a bit of a Batman Begins on it. Like Kieran and I were in the Siberian bloody prison, you know, getting beat up because it was practice for us, you know, it <laughs> was. And so, because we, we were going through, you know, what questions do people want? Now, the reason for that is that we, like I said, our worst case was a crystallization event where we could draw down our shareholdings, de-risk everything that we've got and double down on Captivate. Um, but we would have to add due diligence in place. Now, Captivate was run like a very, very clean business. It's a super clean business. You know, there's no complication to it. It's a very simple business. Um, but what was going to come up in due deal on crystallization? What would we have to prove? What would we have to show? How would we present it? And so, so that for us was a lot of practice. Um, but then we came off microacquire and it was great. You know, we, we met, we met some great people, some great networks, and we, we still talked to those, you know, we, we were very upfront with them and said, look, you know, this is not something that we're interested in exploring right now. But for us, it really showcased the sentiment of people wanting to buy a podcast hosting platform. And I'll tell you straight, man, the number one reason that people wanted to buy a podcast hosting platform is because they wanted to break into the podcasting space and make as much money as quickly as possible, you know, which whatever that's, that's private equity. That is what it is. Um, and what that, so what that did for us was it gave us the practice. It, it, we Bruce Wayne it a little bit. We, you know, we, we, not the Michael Keaton one, he was born ready, but you know, the Christian Bale one needed a bit of work and it, <laughs> it, it made us see that we didn't want to do anything with private equity didn't want to go near it because all they wanted was the cheapest price, the biggest promises and really bad terms, really bad terms. So we pulled it off microacquire, didn't think anything of it. And that was it. We were finished with the acquisition stuff. We, we, we were never there for that. It, and it sort of, you know, like when you play golf or if you play, like you're a drummer, I'm a bassist, you know, and you know, when you find yourself in that flow state and, and you're not trying, you're just enjoying yourself, things happen. And that's what happened with Captivate. Mm. You know, we, we, mm. we, we came off the micro acquire. Well, of course, we're not, you know, $4 million, like it's a multi-million dollar business. It's crazy. You know, this is, it, it's, it's not ever going to go for that. So we forgot about it. We went back to deep flow state right let's get amy out let's focus on all these amazing features let's love what we're doing and we did we never stopped loving what we were doing let's just triple down on everything let's you know we planned i think we planned most of 2022 um during that time you and i started wife i mean 
I know we've not released any of this yet because well, I think we're releasing the next the next thing that you and I have been working on next week. Um, but you and I have what we've wireframed what eight features done the UI for eight and not small ones like major major releases. They're done. They're signed off. They are in build. They are good to go. Like that's 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 what the first six seven months of of twenty twenty two done. Um, so we just doubled down. We just did that. So I didn't expect to be sat here talking about this. I didn't expect Captivate to get acquired. Um, but what it what it does, I think, when you're in that when when you're in that state of just not looking for something, it gives you the confidence. It's, it's, I mentioned this. It's uh, I did a TED talk a few years ago. And my granddad taught me this lesson. I was skint when I was very 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 young, like nineteen. I stuck a tenner on the horses because I thought okay, I need to make like fifty quid. Stuck a tenner on, said to my granddad, can you stick me a tenner on? Because I had no, no idea how to do it. Horse lost. Um, he, he gave me the money back. He'd never put it on. He said, you weren't ever willing to lose that. And until you're willing to give that 10 quid up, you're never going to win anything. And, you know, I was like, shit. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I appreciate that. And it was, <laughs> so we weren't, we weren't looking. It put us in a position where we were willing to say no to pretty much any deal that came along, you know? Because we, acquisition wasn't in our mind. The worst case was the crystallization in five years. We were just business as usual. So I did not expect to be doing this. And and again, I know that's a deep answer, but I think it's I think it's important that a lot of the times people see the people behind the personas. You know, they see they see me, the British podcast guy, they see you the head of design, they say Kieran as as a director of tech. I think you don't often get the chance to talk about your personal motivations for it. So I think it's um, I think it's fascinating, man. Mm. Yeah, defo. Another in-depth answer there, dude. And uh, the universe works in strange ways with that stuff. You can apply it to a lot of things. Mm. So when you're not actively looking for something, you find that it just appears and you ah, okay, now this feels like more like the right time as opposed to actively seeking something out. It's a bit wishy-washy, but it applies to relationships a lot. I've had so many friends Mm. who have complained for years that they they can't settle down with somebody, they can't find anybody. And then you just say to them, look, don't worry about it. Just do you. And then literally within a matter of months, it's like, oh, this so- somebody approached me. It's really cool. Mm. It, it, the universe just seems to work like that when you just ignore it and put it in another bucket over here and just crack on with what you want to do. Sometimes, you know, stuff comes around. So I totally get that, man. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your answer. Another good one. So I'm going to skip the next question I had because that was around um, some of the benefits uh, of the acquisition, but um, you know, you've gone through that stuff. You know, it's the de stress, it's the de, you know, you know, um, you know, not having to rely so much on on a, on captivating the sleepless nights and stuff. So I'm going to jump forward to uh, this acquisition from a user's perspective. Mm. So when the news broke, and you know, we did that publicly and and stuff like that. I would say you know, 99% of our users and the industry as a whole reacted very positively and reacted very very mm-hmm. well to that. But there was, you know, a, you know, the odd person and a few people that were like, Neh. you know, this, these things never work out well and, you know, goodbye Captivate and all that stuff. But um, just to get some reassurance, you know, from, from yourself and certainly from me, I've said this on Twitter, but, you know, uh, nothing's changed in terms of our commitment to our users um, and, you know, and our Captivate roadmap and stuff, right? That's all, you know, like you said, business as usual to a degree. Well, it's, it's even got better. And I think someone texted me, a friend of mine, and I'll say this because it is only a very subset, a small, like, one point bloody one percent of a percent of a percent of people. 
that mm. uh, like that were in the Facebook group saying, "Oh, it's," and uh, you know, I had a bit of a debate with a few of them and just saying, "Well, what you know, what are you saying this for?" And someone, a good friend of mine who also uses Captivate, texted me. He was like, "What are these bloody self entitled people talking about? Like, this is your livelihood. How dare they turn it back on themselves and expect you to do anything but the best for your family?" And I was like, "You know, I never thought about that." And then I sort of. I started to, because I'm, I'm always very user-centric, like I am super user-centric, and it's, it's, it's that comes across in everything that we do, like I, 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 we rarely lose users, because I'll jump in there, like even the people that are the angriest people ever, 99.9% of them become very good friends, because I will, I'll take things on the chin if we've screwed up, but if they're being unreasonable... I do not subscribe to the customer is always right. I subscribe to the customer wants to be helped and to get to an outcome. And it's my duty to tell them, you are not actually right, but I can get you to where you want to be if you just accept that these couple of things might need a tweak. And that has served us very, very well. Now, the reason I say that is that we all, you get paid well, I get paid well, Kieran gets paid well, Everyone gets paid well. Like we don't need, and we didn't need the acquisition cash. You know, I'm from a, I'm from Barnsley, man. I'm from, I'm from a mining town in the north of England, and I grew up eating bread and dripping. Like I do not need money to be happy. And the, the, the point that I'm making there is that a lot of people that were sort of going on about this, being a negative, were assuming it was a sellout. So. That's a bit of context on that one, right? I, uh, up until about, I don't know, a year ago, I like an old car, like an old, old car, a super old car. <clears throat> I don't care about stuff like that. So that's the money side of it, which always comes up with the subset of users, all right? However, what what the people that don't necessarily understand the inner workings of a business, and especially a tech startup business where you are where you're wearing multiple hats, fail to see. And, and, and what I always try and help them with understanding is that in a tech business, you're wearing 50 hats, all right? You're doing finance, you're doing marketing, you're doing user support, you're doing UX, you're doing UI, you're doing planning, you're doing admin, you're doing bookkeeping, you're doing all sorts of different things. So if Captivate can do what it's done for you, the podcaster, whilst we're all wearing 50 hats, imagine if the only thing that we were focused on 100% of the time was the product and the service, which is exactly what this partnership and this acquisition through Global means, is that someone else runs payroll, someone else runs admin. So guess what? You know those train tickets I need to get to the, the airport to get to podcast movement? Someone sorted those don't have to find the cheapest ones, you know? So it's, you, you double down on it. Like the amount of work that you and I have done just what we're recording this 13th of January, we came back on the 4th. We've done six days of work together. The amount of work that we've got done surpasses the previous month, an entire month of it. Because it's, you know what I was like, I was booked up on calls. I was booked up on admin. I was so crazy before this acquisition doing, running the business now I'm building the product and I'm doing that full time. And it's it, it's oh, it's such a good thing. It really is. And it's business as usual. You know, Kieran and I have been brought in at a very, very high level in global. It's not like we've been brought in to report to 50 different line managers and a huge hierarchy. They brought us in 
because they trust what you, me, Kieran, and everyone else knows and can do in podcasting. So they they don't want us to do it any less. They want us to do it more. You know, you don't buy something. And actually, I was just about to say, you don't buy something that instantly change it and strip it. But that's what a lot of private equity wanted to do. And that's why we said no. So, dude, it's, I mean, you, you always get people that are a little cynical. But one thing that I would say is, and we got this with someone in particular in the Facebook group that was like, I've seen and been through a lot of these in the past. I was like, well, that's all right. You know, I've, uh, and, and he, he was saying, you know, it's, it's only going to go wrong. It's only negative. It was like, look, I've got like six ex-girlfriends. But Sam's brilliant. She's not going anywhere. Like, don't, it, it, they don't matter. And it's this one that matters. So I do understand the trepidation. Um, but what I was all, what I always say is, um, and I think anyone that knows me knows this and that knows Kieran knows this, me probably because I've been a bit more loquacious than Kieran, is that it quite literally is what you see is what you get. You know, it, it, it's, there's never any BS. There's never any hidden agenda. Um, and a lot, a lot of the time, we are so genuine that people think that that is a front. People do, from time to time, think you, you honestly can't be. And then they start reading the content. They have a chat with me. They see us at a conference. They come to a meetup, and they're like, "Oh, actually, just he, he's always the same. He's, there's never any, you know. I'll talk. I'll, it will be. I will say this. I will. I will give the same greeting, hello, mate, to you as I will to the CEO of Global or to someone that runs." Apple or, you know, there is, everyone is the same to me. Um, and, and and the reason that I say that is that the Captivate has been built on that ethos and to, for Global to bring it in and change that, it, it stops being the thing that they bought. And that's the last thing that anyone wants. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one, dude. Uh, because like you said, it's a very, very tiny, teeny weeny little subset of our users. Like I said, the, the majority of of everybody went nuts for it, you know, it was very positive mm. and I could see the uh, see the benefits. But I think it's really important and it's why we wanted to do this bonus episode is to put, is to just wrap it up in a little bit of context because you can only get so much from, you know, a quote in a, in a statement that's gone out on a news website, you know, so, which is all very cool, you know, it explains everything in one paragraph to a degree, but I think it's important to get some, some context around that. So, um, yeah. Captivate user, podcaster, listener. Um, fear not. Uh, everything is uh, will only will only improve in terms of. And I've I've noticed it as well. Like pre Christmas, uh, in the months leading up to that, during our daily stand ups, it was like, "What are you working on, Mark?" Well, I've got three days of emails to catch up on. I've got a day yeah. of admin, and that stuff that we were going to work, and I've now had to push that to next week. Whereas since then, it's been like, "Right, Gaz, where's this design? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go." And, uh, and and that's that will only get better as you know that our our relationship with global you know improves and they see the benefits and we see the benefits of being with them and blah blah blah. Mm. So I'm loving this, dude. It's um and yeah, just to wrap this out and for the sake of the user, yeah, it's it's only going to be you know good news and, and good stuff from from here on in. So uh, just wanted to reassure uh, you, the listener. So a uh, final question for you, dude, uh, and it's very open ended, very very generic. Um, but what does the future look like? for Captivate, and I'm going to leave it there. The future for Captivate is is, is to continue to, to help the serious independent podcast. You know, there's a reason we don't have a free platform. There's a reason that we are priced how we are. You know, like I said, we saw a great model that Transistor had implemented first in the industry, or, you know, I, I think, I don't know if Simplecast were doing it back then as well, or whether they were still like on their version one pricing, but 
we saw that and 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 it's it's a it's fantastic and so our goal is to separate um we uh, separate captivate from you know Transistor's doing great work for their audience. Buzzsprout are doing great work for their audience. Libsyn for their audience. Podbean for their audience. Red Circle for theirs. Our goal is not to... We're not interested in their audiences or their podcasters. We All we want to do is to help our people. It's all we've ever done. It's all I've ever done personally. It's almost to a fault. You know, it's to help the people that that get along with us and feel like we're the best home. And that person tends to be the serious independent podcaster that that will just like me with my base you know I'm, I'm i take a lot of time before i invest in a new base i i will buy the best cable i will buy a decent little practice amp i'm not looking for the cheapest or or the the the, the quickest or you know just the thing that's free so that's that's very much our niche that's very much our focus and the future just i mean you know what it's like like We've created between us, you and me, what, 2,000 podcast episodes over that? Yeah, probably. Guested on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so many. And every single thing that we do is born from creating a podcast episode or a show or an, and thinking, oh, wouldn't it be good if that existed? It's more of that. It is you, like I said earlier. You know what we've you know what we've designed, man. You know that we've what we've got in build for the next six, seven, eight, twelve months. We we know how far ahead Captivate is in terms of what we've already got and what we've got coming up. And it's I'm reticent to say ahead because that that implies that everyone's moving in the same direction, and it's not. Um, you know, there's. I've always had massive. One of the first things that that that, that we did in the podcasting industry, and that that helped me and Kieran in particular as people to stand out, was that we tried to connect on a friendly basis with every single quote unquote competitor out there. I'm friends with the Libsyn team, you know, to a a point where I'll text them at Christmas. The same with the Buzzsprout guys, you know. I, I'm, I'm. We know pretty much everyone, and I I have respect and masses and masses masses of love and positivity for them but it's it's for us it's not about getting ahead and i i'm reticent to i am reticent to use that word but i don't know how else to phrase it it's about doing more of the stuff that our type of people will benefit from and it's doubling down on that getting them out quicker um but also being able to this is the other sort of unseen benefit here you know global is is able to bring things to captivate that we couldn't bring whether that's specific types of podcast or podcaster and we learn all those lessons from those podcasters that have got marketing budgets and that have got funding and that have got um a team you know we we can now see what works even more and bring that to the serious independent podcaster so it's I mean, I could talk about this all day, as you know, but this is this is just more of the same, and it's fun, man. Like, honestly, like I have loved Captivate from day one. Kieran, Captivate started; I remember it vividly. And it got to launch with Kieran and me working thirteen, fourteen-hour days in an office in Sheffield and building every page out individually 
And every process, individually, just him and me sat there with takeaways at 9 p.m. on a night. Because we were, we had, we still had podcast websites, which we do now. Um, and that, but that's fairly, auto, it's fairly autonomous, that business now. Back then it wasn't. We were day-to-day on that. So like, all right, it's 5 p.m., Kieran. Let's get our Captivate hats on and let's do that till 9, 10, 11 p.m. I remember how that started. And I feel now how I felt then. Whereas in, you know, the last six months has been the CEO. It's been the person managing everything. Now it's now it's back to let's build some really brilliant product. Um, and it's as you said earlier, you know, the, the, I suppose the pace and the gusto and the space that we've got to do that has only increased in the last, we've only been back two weeks. You know, it's, we've not, it's, we're back from Christmas after two weeks and there's a noticeable positive difference. So it can only, it can only go from strength to strength for the podcaster. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing to take away as we wrap up this interview, dude, is, um, yeah, it's all great for us as a team and it's great for us. It gives us a platform with a bit more breathing room, I suppose, to be creative and, and, and get everything out the door. But essentially, like you said earlier, everything is user-centric. Everything is for making sure that the, um, yeah, the niche, I suppose, as you described it, the, uh, the, the serious independent content creator or podcaster, just giving them every tool. Like there, there should never be a point where they could come to Captivate and say, I want to leave because you're not giving me enough tools to, to grow and to monetize and stuff. I, I can't see that, you know, being a reason for um, if anyone wants to leave. So uh, I think by the end of 2022, uh, dude, we're going to have, um, yeah, we, we're just going to have so many features um you know racked up uh it, it's going to be so cool so who knows what 2023 will bring that's gonna that's gonna be exciting as well so uh i want to thank you as always do for taking time to to chat to me uh, i know we only chatted a couple of weeks uh, on this but um it's been very very cool so uh, uh i want to just say thank you man and it's been a pleasure as always no thanks you dude i uh i'm loving this show and it's nice that it's nice that someone else on the team can get the voice out there and bring the rest of the team in um so i think this is great man no as always doing you know i mean you always do do good <laughs> stuff anyway that's 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 how we ended up here isn't it you know look at gaz he's doing his podcasting here we are again right now, ne- yeah. nearly 10 years later uh, but yeah so uh podcast listener don't worry mark and i are going to be back again you're gonna have to put up with us waffling about podcast stuff because we're recording next week for episode three of Captivate Insider, where we're going to do a wrap-up on Amy, talk about the future of Amy as we move through 2022, some of the cool features and other modules that we've got planned uh, just to get the your creative juices flowing and some anticipation for some of the cool stuff that's coming up. So, uh, yeah, once again, thanks, dude. I'll catch you next time. Thank you, sir. Massive thank you to Mark for sparing me half an hour, 40 minutes to talk through that um, acquisition and some of the context and reasoning behind doing things it's a it was a real fascinating insight into mark and kieran's um, initial thought process and building captate from the ground up and how they viewed acquisition and some of the uh, some of the early um, conversations that happened and so on which ultimately led to the eventual uh, acquisition by global so another big thank you to mark for that join me next week where i've got mark back on it seems to be a thing with mark getting his getting his face in, in into everything as usual so mark's back next week we're going to do our episode um part three on amy we're going to wrap that up we're going to talk about 
uh, some of the cool features that you can use within your podcast to make the most of Amy and also some of the cool stuff to look forward to in the future. So the, the features that we have planned for this year for Amy and everything around dynamic content and monetizing your podcast and so on to look out for that. Remember to follow us in your favorite podcast app. We have a new episode that lands every single Wednesday. So get stuck into that. And until next time, please stay safe and healthy and happy podcasting.